great to see you guys. I want to say hello to every campus right now. Welcome. Thanks for being a part of our services. Let's also give it up for our God Behind Bars guys real quick. We love you guys. So grateful for you. Hey, can we just take a moment right now at all of our campuses and just congratulate everyone who took that next step and got baptized today. Let's give it up for everyone. Isn't that great? Man, we're cheering you guys on. That's amazing. So happy for you guys. Such a great celebration. And anyone who doubts what we're all about, that's it. We're about life change. And everyone who went in that pool today to get baptized is telling the world today that I am a different person. I have received Christ. Christ is alive in me. That's what it's all about, which really begs to, to, to the question, what, is, what are we all about as a church? What matters the most? Well, this is exactly why we have the mission statement we do, isn't it? Because what are we here to do? What's our job as a church? We're here to do what? To take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. And you got to witness that just a few moments ago. I'm so proud of you guys who got baptized, took that next step. Just so thankful to God for you. Thank you also for those, all the friends and family who came out to support them. Can we give it up for them real quick and just say thanks for coming out. Great to have you here. Really, really great. So glad you guys are here. And again, we just celebrate with you. Great, great to have you guys here. We're really in a fun series right now. You know, last week I kind of freaked some people out, right? It was really a fun series because it's called How to Wreck Your Life. You know, it's basically, I'm giving out, I, I'm dispensing large amounts of bad advice, basically. It's like, here's exactly how to destroy your life. And so it's really fun though, because the reason I like doing this is because frankly, the truth pops out that much more when you say a lie in the context of church. I know it sounds funny, but because of where we are, when I say these things, it just makes it so obvious that it's wrong. You're like, there's no way that's right. There's just no way. And so it just makes the truth pop off the page more to you. But the truth is, I'm not saying anything that the world is not screaming at you every day. So everything I'm covering, really, the world is saying to you. So keep that in mind as we talk today. But today's message is, is how to wreck your life. But today we're kind of taking it to the next level on that. So today's message is called how to live totally dissatisfied. So I want to teach you how to live totally dissatisfied today. Very excited about this message. You know, I uh, heard about this guy. He, he uh, was talking to a buddy. His, they walked up, just saw each other. And his buddy looked at him and said, man, why so glum? You look really upset. What, what's, what's the deal? You look like you're about to cry. He goes, oh. Man, it's just really been a bad week. He's like, well, tell me about it. What's going on? Well, it all started three weeks ago. Three weeks ago, I had this uncle I never met that died and left me $95,000. He was like, okay, that's not bad. That's like a great thing. He goes, no, 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 I'm not done. Then two weeks ago, some cousin I never met passed away, and, uh, and he left me $50,000. He's like, again, I don't see the problem here. And he says, well, then last week, my grandfather passed away, left me almost a million dollars. He goes, then why are you so upset? He goes, this week, nothing. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? How we can live dissatisfied even when we're blessed. We can live dissatisfied even when we have so many things. And so the truth is, is that this message, I think we're all going to find ourselves in the context of this message today. There was a study done a while back by Gallup. Gallup polled, they do all kinds of polling. And they found that anyone below the level of an income of $30,000 a year, typically they think that's, that's too little to live on. And, and many people that live way above that would say, oh man, I don't know how I did it. But you probably did do it at one point. At some point you did, I remember the day that we made $30,000 a year as a family, not, not, not individually, but as a family. I mean, I thought, man, I have hit the lotto. This is like the big bucks. We could go to Walmart and go crazy. 
I mean, I remember thinking that was so much money. You know, it's funny how that works, isn't it? And then the more you make, the less it seems like you have sometimes, right? The, the, Gallup found this, this poll to be true that, that the average person makes 30000 They asked them, they said, how much do you think would be enough for you to just live your dreams, to live comfortably, to do whatever you want? And the average number, if you make below 30000 was $74,000. That was like the magic number that just, and so then they did another study and they said, everyone who makes on average around $74,000, what do you think you would need to live comfortably? And they all said $100,000. Isn't that interesting? And so it just shows you that the number just keeps climbing, doesn't it? And some of you right now are kind of going, oh, I make $100,000, right? Some of you as a couple make over a hundred and you're like, wow, I kind of feel like we're starving half the time on the number that people say they're dreaming of. Isn't it funny how that works? And the truth is, is that whatever you feel like you're starving on today is probably a number that you used to dream about five years ago. And so it, it just really goes to show you that there's really just never enough. There's never a, a number that you hit, you go, oh, now I'm good. And so because the truth is we live in a culture that is always about more, 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 bigger, 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 newer, 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 right? And so because that, it creates a dissatisfaction within all of us. So with that in mind, I'd like to share with you some amazing advice on how to wreck your life and live totally unsatisfied. Please watch your notes if you would, and we'll give you some things to write down. Really excited about this message. I think you're really going to love it. And so let's just dive right in. I want to give you some really bad advice today. And uh, I, I hope that you listen carefully and closely to this bad advice. So how to live totally dissatisfied. First thing, number one, you got to focus on being totally ungrateful. This is really important. You've got to focus on being ungrateful. First Thessalonians 5 says this, Rejoice always, pray continuously, uh, continually, excuse me, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I would say, oh, don't do that. You need to learn to gripe in all circumstances. Don't pray and thank God in all circumstances. We need to learn to gripe in all circumstances, complain in all circumstances, find fault everywhere you go, and ignore God's goodness to your life. You got to make sure that you're constantly finding what's wrong in your life and what you don't have, and focus on that to find yourself ungrateful. And if you do that consistently, you'll be living dissatisfied. Number two, compare what you have with people who have more. This is a great way to live dissatisfied, isn't it? And so it doesn't matter what you have. Look at the person down the street who seems to have more and always compare yourself. Compare your car to the neighbor's new car. Compare your house to someone else's house. Compare your clothes to someone else's new clothes, right? And so constantly compare yourself. And this will really help, by the way, if you're having a hard time with this one, just go to Instagram. It'll really help you. And so just start following people who are richer than you and watch them all the time and eventually you'll become dissatisfied. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, we do not dare to classify or compare ourselves with someone, with someone who commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they are not wise. Well, you know, clearly I would say, heck with that. I mean, that's just what the Bible says. I encourage you to totally compare yourself to other people, right? I mean, you should do that as often as you possibly can. And by the way, if you like your house, oh, we can't have that. You need to start watching, in fact, binge watching lots of HGTV over and over and over again. <laughs> And I'm sure within a week of that, you'll hate that little shack you're living in. I'm telling you right now. And so it's important, right? If you're really going to live dissatisfied, you've got to make sure you binge watch all these other shows that everyone seems to be wealthy and happy all the time and traveling all the time and going to exotic places. You should be watching that nonstop. That way your life will seem boring and you will be dissatisfied. Oh, and by the way, this is another important one. You've got to start comparing your body to other bodies. That's a really big deal too. Always follow people half your age and wonder, why doesn't my body look like that? You should do that. And all, also, ladies, every time you go to the grocery store, stop and look at all the Vogue magazines, all the Glamour magazines, all the covers of all those airbrushed 20-year-old models and compare yourself to them. You know, all those girls who have never had babies, compare yourself to them over and over again. 
and that way you can live totally dissatisfied, right? And so we have to learn to compare ourselves if we're really gonna get this dissatisfaction thing down. And this is important too. Anytime someone that you know gets something nice, you should resent it. You should say, they don't deserve that. I can't believe they got that. I should get that. I can't believe. You should, if, if someone, listen, if you're single and someone's about to get married, you should always think, well, there, that's too fast. They shouldn't be getting married. I should be getting married. You should always compare whatever your situation is to someone else who seems to have more and you have a good shot at living totally dissatisfied. Here's the, here's the third one, number three. I'm not getting a lot of amens today. I don't know what's going on. I feel like I should be getting more support here. Number three, pursue temporary possessions over eternal treasures. Pursue temporary possessions over eternal treasures. This is a great way to live dissatisfied. Jesus put it this way, watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Well, clearly Jesus was an American. Don't you know it's all about it's all about stuff, right? It's all about possessions. And so, you know, if you really want to live dissatisfied, pursue temporary possessions over eternal treasures. I mean, you know, forget giving to the church. Why would you do that when you can go to Target? You know, come on. You know, I mean, you could give it to church, but you're never gonna see that dollar again. Forget that. You should go straight out and buy something for yourself. Don't you know it's about you, you, and you? And so constantly use your money for yourself if you do that. Because let's be honest, every hoarder and miser we know is totally happy. And so I highly recommend that you spend everything on yourself. Forget the church, forget making a difference, forget all that stuff. You should just make it about today. Spend it all today on whatever your eyes see. You should just go get it. Never mind those payments. Never mind what the debt you incur. Just enjoy today. That's what you should do if you want to live totally dissatisfied. Man, I love this message. You guys getting something out of this? This is so great. <laughs> really excited about it. Hey, next week, by the way, if you like this week, you're going to love next week's message. Next week is called How to Make Sure Your Life Doesn't Count. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. <laughs> I can't wait to share this with you, so don't miss it. So now, if you're not dissatisfied yet, just wait. There's more. Here we go. All right. And this is a great way to live totally dissatisfied. Number four is really important. This is a big one. Never wait. You should never wait on anything. You should just immediately demand whatever you want right now. Never wait. Demand what you want now. It says in Psalms 27, 14, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Well, who wants to do that? I mean, this whole wait for the Lord to bring me the right person in my life. I mean, forget that. Just go find some good-looking person and go for it. I mean, come on, you shouldn't wait on the Lord. Just go find the nearest club, the nearest bar you can find. Find someone who's hot and throw yourself at them. It'll work out. And if you don't find anyone hot, just start drinking. Eventually they'll seem hot to you. Just go for it. <laughs> you should just jump in. You know, jump in the sack as fast as you can. Check them out sexually. That's important. I mean, you know, you got to just make sure you're sexually compatible. So just, you know, try it and just, just jump in. Oh, and never wait on the Lord for anything in your life. I mean, like maybe in your job situation, you're not making what other people are earning. I mean, never mind that they're twice your age and been there 20 years. Forget all that. Just, you know, you've been there a good six months. You should be earning what they're earning. I think you should go into the boss. This, tomorrow morning, you should walk into their office and demand a raise. And by the way, let me know how that goes. And so, because bosses love that. So I highly recommend that you demand your way in every situation, demand that relationship now, demand that raise and promotion right now. Never wait on God for anything, just demand it right now. We live in a microwave culture. You should demand it right this second, right? And so I highly recommend if you wanna live dissatisfied that you demand what you want right now. If you'll do that, you've got a good shot at living dissatisfied. I mean, if your parents already own it, I mean, I know they've been working for 40 years, but you should demand to live at the same level. You've been working for two years now. You should totally demand that. I mean, it's just, it makes sense. And so never wait for anything. Just demand it on the spot. And here's the last one. If, if this hasn't worked for you yet, I think this next one will really help you live dissatisfied. Check it out. It says, 
It says in Scripture in Matthew 28, 20, verse 28, this is what the Son of Man has done. That's Jesus. He came to serve, not to be served, and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage. We were in bondage, so Jesus died for us to free us from our sin, our bondage, right? To free us from the prison, the shackles of our own lifestyle. Jesus died for that. It says in Jeremiah 2, 20, it says, For long ago I broke your yoke and burst your bonds, but you said, I will not serve. So basically Jesus said, I, I served you by going to the cross, but now you look at me and you say, I will not serve. So if you want to live dissatisfied, number five will really help you. Expect others to serve you while always excusing why you can't serve. Expect others to serve you while always excusing why you can't serve. Those of you who have your kids right now in children's ministries, you know, over in the nursery, you know, when you leave here, make sure you walk in there and inspect everyone who's serving you. They're all volunteering for free, of course. They're not being paid. But you know what? Expect everything to be perfect for you, perfect customer service. You should demand a lot of them, but don't ever think about serving yourself. They should just serve you because let's, let's be honest. We all know you're clearly better than them. And so they should serve you and you should never have to serve. And so make sure that you do that. Make sure you expect everyone to do everything for you, but you should have no demands on you. I mean, you should expect everything to be totally perfectly quality here, but don't ever give. I mean, come on, someone else should foot the bill. And so make sure they foot the bill, make sure they serve you. It should be all about you, you, you. That's painful, wasn't it? It's hard to even preach that way. I mean, that's just, that's just hard, honestly. But the truth is, is that sometimes the truth doesn't pop off the page nearly as powerful until you are stuck with a lie. And you realize, wow, that is so contrary to what the Bible says. That's so opposite of who our Savior was. He, he gave his life for us. He was never about himself. He was always about others, right? I mean, when you really think about it, wow, it's just painful to even do that. I gotta be honest with you, I had to go fast. You know why? Because it was hard to just keep going. It's just so off the mark. But yet, how many of us have lived our lives like that? It's true, isn't it? I mean, if you're an American, it's just, we, we, every commercial is about how it should be all about you. You deserve a break today. You deserve this product. You de it's, it, everything is about us. Social media is just really social media. It's about ourselves. Trying to look good, trying to look cool, trying to look spiritual, trying to look, you know, like you're awesome and your life is so much better than everyone else's. It's funny how that works, isn't it? A couple truths I want to give you right now. I'm going to write these down. The truth is, is that that was, isn't, wasn't easy to say or to do because the attitudes I just covered will really wreck your life. So how do you really bless your life then? How do you really do that? Here's how you do it. You live the total opposite of what I just said. So what is the total opposite of what I just said? Let me just say it pretty quickly here for you, but let me just go through this. The first thing you do is you live grateful for what you have. You live grateful for the car you already own, for the house you already live in. For the family, you look grateful for the marriage you're in, not the marriage you're dreaming of. Because remember, the marriage you're in, you did dream of. So you have to fall in love with that dream again. You look grateful for the kids you have, not the kids you don't have. You look grateful for the job you have, not the job you don't have. Right? We got to learn to live grateful. Also, you never compare yourself to others. This is a disaster, guys. It's a huge problem. I was talking to a friend the other day. He was telling me about someone that he knows. This is someone I, I, I know a little bit. I don't really know them that well. They don't go to our church, but they're billionaires with a B. And the lady said, I can't go on Instagram very long. And she said, because I get jealous. She is a billionaire. And she gets jealous of other people. 
Does that help you understand that this is a human problem, not a money problem? That this is just all of us dreaming of some life that we think is so much better? Never compare yourself to others. Number three, pursue eternal treasures by giving to God and doing His work. Because honestly, all the other stuff doesn't last. People say, oh, if you give the church, you're never going to see that money again. Actually, that's the only money you will see again, is what you do for eternity. Everything else won't last. I mean, when you die, you leave it all here. But you can send it ahead with the difference that you make when you give and serve the Lord. And also, you wait patiently on the Lord and be faithful. Don't be impatient. Wait on God's timing. For those of you who in relationships who didn't wait, how'd that work out? Let's just be honest. How'd it work out? Probably a total disaster, right? Because when we try things on our own, our own way, our own standards rather than God's standards, it falls apart. It just doesn't work. Maybe some of you are on your second or third round of trying to make it work. The truth is, is if it, I would rather be alone in God's will than with someone out of God's will. In fact, if you'll commit to being with the Lord, then what happens is that God brings you who or what you're looking for. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things that you're wanting will be added unto you. That's what scripture says. So if you'll seek him, he'll cause what you want to seek you. That's how that works. You just need to seek the Lord and also become a servant. Become a servant. And here's what happens when you do that. Let, let, me, just, let me give you something to write down. Would you write this phrase down? How we live reveals what we believe. How we live reveals what we believe. And based upon all the phrases I said earlier on in this message when I was giving you really bad advice on how to wreck your life, here's what that really means. If I could put it in one sentence, everything I just said to you that was so off earlier in the sermon, if I could just give you one sentence, here would that, here's what that sentence would be. What many people are actually saying by the way they live is this, what Christ offers is not as good as the world. By the way we live, by the way we're so generous to ourselves and not to God, by the way we want everyone to serve us and never serve others, by the way we make life of ourselves, what we're actually saying is, I believe that the world has something better to offer than Jesus. We would never say that, but oftentimes we do it. Well, it got quiet in here. Isn't it funny how we find ourselves being that way, even though we're not that way? You know, Jesus said it really simple. I just want to give you one closing statement Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Basically, he's saying life is not found in another vacation. It's found in me. Life is not found in another car. It's found in me. Life is not found in a bigger house. It's found in me. Life is not, you know, not going to be found in some kind of sexual experience. It's going to be found in Jesus. Life is not going to be found in some kind of amazing relationship. It's going to be found in Jesus. Life is not going to be found in, in the movies or, or, or Netflix binging or anything else you can do online. It's going to be found in Jesus. Everything else will leave you empty. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me, but before we get to the no man comes to the Father, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you find Christ, you find life. Everything else is just existence. I want to challenge you to understand that we forget that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he gives us everything we want. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He has everything we could possibly ever want in our entire life. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. He's what we need. So why is it that we keep pursuing the things of the world, thinking that's going to make us happy, and it never does? We've got to learn instead to pursue Christ because in Christ alone is where you're going to find satisfaction. It's not going to be in others or other things. 
The world will break you. If it hasn't yet, it will. But if you'll go to Christ, He'll restore you. He'll make you new. Because we've all tried, haven't we? To find satisfaction in the things of the world, but we just won't find it there. I want to give you a little quick story. This is really powerful. A guy named Roy Campanella. He was one of the first African-American African-Americans to play ball in the U.S. Major Leagues uh, back in the day. 1955, actually, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He was their most valuable player. He was an incredible baseball player. But in 1958, he was multiple year, he had, he'd been MVP multiple years in a row. But in 1958, he was in a tragic car accident that took his ability to walk. He became a quadriplegic because of this, this accident. So he lost everything, all the money, fame, wealth, all his dreams were in that crash. So he found himself outside of the major leagues now, just struggling for his life, trying to learn to function as a quadriplegic. He spent a lot of time at a rehabilitation center in New York City, and he would go there daily just so he could just try to, to get some kind of semblance of life again. He was really struggling, and in his despair one day, as he was wheeling by in his wheelchair, he stopped and he saw a plaque on the wall, and it stopped him cold when he read it. And it was one of the things that really began to really change his life and change his perspective. I'd like to read that plaque to you. It said this, I asked God for strength that I might achieve. I was made weak that I might learn to humbly obey. I asked for health that I might do great things. I was given infirmity that I might, that, that might do better things. I asked for riches that I might be happy. I was given poverty that I might be wise. I asked for power that I might have the praise of others. I was given weakness that I might feel the need of God. I asked for all things that I might enjoy life. I was given life that I might enjoy all things. I got nothing I asked for, but everything I had hoped for. Almost despite myself, my unspoken prayers were answered. I am among men most richly blessed. Guys, if I could summarize everything that I'm saying to you today, it would come down to this. It's not about you. It's not. And if you keep making life about you, you will live dissatisfied. But if you'll begin to make life about others and about Christ, you can find true satisfaction, guaranteed. But if you keep making it about yourself and trying to, I'm going to get mine, well, when you get yours, you'll find it's pretty unhappy. You'll find it's pretty dissatisfying. Don't make a life about you. Make it about him. Make it about his will, his desire. Oh, but pastor, I've been seeking the Lord and I just, he never talks to me. I love that. Oh, I've been praying and I feel like he never answers my prayer. I'm going to give you a prayer he'll answer immediately. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if there was something I could pray that immediately God would talk to me? Wouldn't it be amazing if there's just like instantaneously God talks to me? Here it is. Here's a phrase he never hears. And so when he hears it, all of heaven stops and goes, whoa, who just prayed that? Right there answer that prayer right now. Here's the prayer. You want to hear this bold, amazing prayer that will change your life forever? Here it is. Dear God, what would you like me to do for you today? Let me say it again. Dear God, what would you like for me to do for you today? In a second, he'll answer your prayer. He'll say, because he's so shocked. Wow. Normally, you're just trying to get your will done through me. I'm shocked that you want to get my will done through you. He'll immediately tell you, forgive this person. 
He'll, he'll meet and tell you, love on this person. He'll meet you, put someone right in front of you and say, minister to them, care for them, help them out, give some of your resources to this person, start to serve in the church or elsewhere, start to make a difference here, start to do something, love your family, make sure that your eyes are only on your spouse, make sure that you're loving your children, make sure that you get out of this or get away from this relationship or break up with this person or make sure you spend your time with that person. He will immediately speak to you if you'll simply get your eyes off yourself. God, what would you like me to do for you today? Within a half second, you'll have an answer. I dare you to pray that prayer. I dare you. He will speak to you immediately. Because the truth is, he's large and in charge, guys. We're small and on call. Don't get the order wrong. If you do, then even though you would voice that you're all about Jesus, but your lifestyle says something different. What's it going to be? It's going to be all about you. It's going to be all about Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Boy, it got quiet today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You know, God did not call me to be popular. He called me to teach truth. And so I hope and pray that this psychological switcheroo I did today spoke to you. I hope the way that we framed truth in the opposite made you go, whoa. I cannot believe this, Pastor, but I'm finding myself in some of those ways to wreck your life. Maybe today your prayer is just say, Lord, I am so sorry, God. I have compared my life to others. If there's anything that will make you miserable, that's it. If that's you today, if you find yourself nonstop saying, well, well, they have it. Why can't I? Well, they're doing this. Why can't I do that? If that's you today, would you lift your hand high to God and say, Jesus, you're, you're enough. Forgive me, Lord. I, I, have, I have been following others more than following you. Maybe your prayer today is to say, God, forgive me for seeking temporary possessions. I have not brought the tithe to you. I've spent the tithe on me. Lord, I want to begin to honor you. Would you lift your hand high and just say, God, I'm going to start to reallocate my resources because you've blessed me, Lord, and I want to give to you. If that's you today, would you lift your hand high and just say, God, I'm not going to ignore your, your house anymore. I, I, want to, I want to send it forward into the kingdom of God. Thank you. Wow, that's boldness. Thank you. Their hands going up all over our auditoriums right now. Thank you. Maybe your prayer today is to say, Lord, forgive me. I've become impatient trying to make things happen in relationships or in my career or even in my walk with God. And, and Lord, I want to be patient, not impatient. I don't want to demand a way or demand a position or an opportunity. Demand something. Lord, I'll wait on you. I trust your timing today. If that's you, would you lift your hand high to God and say, Lord, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to quit being fidgety and anxious and frustrated and complaining. Lord, I'm going to begin to actively wait on you by pursuing you while I'm waiting. If you'll do that, you'll see God will speed up the line if you'll simply begin to seek him. Or maybe today, honestly, you just expect to be served. Never dawned on you that other people are serving you. And it's time for you to reciprocate. And say, Lord, you have served me by sending your son to the cross. I'm served every day I come to church. I'm served when I go to work and when I'm at home. I expect everyone to do everything else. But Lord, I have not ever stopped to think I'm a part of this family. I should serve. Whether that's be at home or at church or in the community, I want to begin to serve. I don't want to begin to expect everyone to do everything for me. I want to begin to make my life about others. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, Christ made his life about you. He died on the cross, and you say, well, what was on Jesus' mind when he hung on the cross? Oh, I can give you a simple answer. You were. You were on his mind. He died for Jason. 
He died for Juan. He died for Marguerite. He died for Scott. He died for Jill. He died for Melissa. He died for you. He thought of you. Paid the price for your sin. Then he rose again. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer across all of our campuses. You can pray this prayer. We're going to pray it out loud together. You can say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. It's all about you. You died for me, paid the price for my sin, and you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. I believe you rose again. I ask you to become my Savior, my Lord. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In your name we pray. Amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.